You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Ryan Kuhn, and he's the co-founder and CEO of Avail, which is an all-in-one software solution designed for do-it-yourself landlords. Prior to Avail, Ryan was an investment banking associate at BMO Capital Markets. His goal is to help the real estate market to become as transparent and efficient as the stock market. So welcome to the show, Ryan. Thanks a bunch for having me. Yeah, thank you. It's interesting. Sounds to me like you guys are having a lot of success at Avail. So why don't you give everybody a super quick intro into that? Because I know it's a SaaS product, but help fill in the gaps a little bit about that. And then we'll dive in. But just to give everybody a sense, we're going to talk about, today we're going to talk about something interesting. It's a little bit different angle and it's the whole concept of testing your way to success. Ryan and his team have have a a saying or a motto in his business that goes ABT, always be testing. So we're going to dive in there on how they've leveraged this whole framework to really make it a big part of their growth. So, but before we get into that, talk just a little bit about Avail and how it works. Yeah, I would love to. So first taking a step back, we focus very much on the residential rental market here in the US. In the US, there's about 48 million residential rental units. About half of those units are owned and managed professionally. They're owned by big REITs, hedge funds, asset managers, and they've got professional property management. The other half of the rental units in this country are actually owned by guys like us, guys who are very busy full-time professionals. They're full-time doctors, bankers, lawyers, consultants, and they happen to own a small number of rental units on the side. They own these properties either to build passive income or to save for retirement. And today, about 150,000 of these individual, what we call do-it-yourself landlords, use Avail to manage single-family homes, condo units, and really small multifamily properties all across the country. The units being managed with Avail are in about 20,000 zip codes nationwide, and we're growing pretty fast. So excited to share more about how we've done that. All right. So tell me a little bit about, you mentioned do-it-yourself landlord, right? So what are some of the services that Avail provides? I mean, it's a SaaS product, but what exactly does it do for the landlord? Yeah. So as an individual landlord, put yourself in those shoes of being a busy full-time professional. You happen to own a couple of properties on the side. I know from experience how this goes. I was previously one of these individuals where I know from experience that do-it-yourself landlords have five main things that they have to do to be efficient, successful landlords. So number one, they have to find renters for their vacant units. Number two, after they get leads from prospective renters, they need to then screen the renters to really make sure that the renters can pay rent on time and will take care of the place. And we do that by plugging into TransUnion, 
pulling the credit criminal and eviction report. After getting that tenant screening completed, the next step in the process, number three, is you have to create and sign a lease. So we have these state and city-specific lease templates that can be customized and then signed electronically. After the lease is signed, the best part about being a landlord, you've got to collect rent. So we do that. We allow your renters to pay rent electronically from a bank account or a debit or credit card. And then as the landlord, we deposit it to your checking account on the first of each month. And then the fifth and the last thing that landlords have to do is they have to track and manage maintenance requests. Things occasionally go wrong. So we give you the tools to do that. For our landlords, the real value that we're delivering is bringing all of these things together into one platform where the pieces all talk with each other. What that amounts to is it ultimately saves landlords time and it allows them to spend more time doing things they love and less time managing their properties. Perfect. So you mentioned you had 150,000 landlords, do-it-yourself landlords that are using this type of service. Now, those are individual users or overall properties? No, those are individual users. And it spans everything from insurance salesmen in Omaha to an engineer at SpaceX to an investment banker in New York City who owns a brownstone in Brooklyn, everything in between. Perfect. And what's the pricing model? It's a SaaS, but I mean, is there, do you have like a freemium model? Is it all pay? I mean, how does that work? I mean, 150,000, I mean, what, what does that look like? Yeah. So we, like a lot of other products, we do have a freemium model where landlords can use our product completely free for unlimited number of units. And then if they want some premium features, premium functionality, they will pay. But I think this in a lot of ways, gets into our topic today of always be testing. And we've tested our way into this current pricing model. Got it. So you bring them in, a lot of them in under a freemium model, they start using it, it becomes sticky. Then at that point, they see that there's some things that they do need above and beyond, and then they pay. What's the pay, what's the pay model look like now? I mean, what's the average? I mean, if you have an average, what's the average monthly subscription? Yeah, it works out to be about $5 per unit per month for premium features. And the average number of units per person is like one or two, I'm assuming? One or two, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I figured somewhere in there. Okay, great. All right, so are you VC back? Did you raise any money? I mean, you came from that side of the business, the investment banking side, or did you bootstrap this thing? We have raised a little bit of outside capital. Total to date, we've raised about five and a half million in outside funding. But while we have raised outside capital, Being based here in Chicago in the Midwest, we've really focused on having a a good unit, unit economic profitable business from day one. Yeah. So are you profitable now or are you still, you looking to do another raise? I mean, are you able to talk anything about that? Sure. So profitability today, fortunately for us, is a choice. We could get to profitability really quickly if we wanted to, basically by pulling back on our top of funnel sales and marketing. Right. Um, Based on how the growth has been and and all of those things we discussed with our board, we likely will be raising more capital soon. But again, profitability is a choice. We don't need capital to survive. Yeah. So you're scaling at this point. So you're choosing growth over profitability at this point, right? So you're just getting user acquisition, customer acquisition. Okay. So what's the number one channel that you guys are using to acquire new customers today? Because I'm sure that's changed over the last couple of years. I mean, you know, obviously when you first start bootstrapping it and then you get a little bit of financing and now you do a little bit of testing, like we're talking about, what are you finding to be the most effective channel for acquiring new customers today? 
Yeah, the number one channel for us today, believe it or not, is actually word of mouth and referrals. This plays a lot into another one of our core strategies here, which is product-led growth. We deliver landlords a product that delivers them so much value that they actually spread the word for us. They bring on their friends and family to avail as well. So how are you able to track that? When they come on as a new user, they fill out a source you know, component where they say, hey, how'd you hear about us? That's right. We've got that sort of user opt-in where they tell us. We've also got referral codes that, that landlords are able to use. And the other point I want to make is that kind of piggybacking on what you said earlier, this has definitely changed over time. Early days, it was a very heavily paid search. And now we're fortunate to have a large community of landlords that are bringing other landlords to us. Gotcha. Perfect. All right. One more question, then we'll dive into the the always be testing framework. And that is this, can you give us a sense of size, scale, revenue, something to give us a sense, even if it's a range to see, you know, because you've got 150,000 users on the system, average is paying somewhere between five and $10 a month. Does that equate to a seven figure, eight figures? What's the runway look like if you can share any of that? Yeah, we're in the seven figures, kind of mid seven figures revenue wise. Team-wise, we've got 23 people on the team, all based here in Chicago. We could be profitable today if we wanted to with our current team. So hopefully that gives some, some sense of scale. Yeah, I love it. Perfect. All right. Well, listen, let's dive in, guys. Today, we're going to talk about... Ryan's going to unpack his whole strategy for ABT, always be testing, and how to test your way to success and how they've done it in their own business. So Let's dive into that. We've got a short period of time. We have a lot to talk about. So take it away, Ryan. Awesome. So the, the concept of testing has been ingrained in us from really early days. My co-founder, Lawrence, and I, we were previously investment bankers. We left our full-time jobs. We taught ourselves how to code. Didn't have a whole lot of resources back then. So we really had to figure out how to be successful with very little resources. And the way that we ultimately did that, we constantly were testing things. So from early days of creating those Google ads with AdWords, we were constantly testing different headlines, different ad copy. That's really top of the funnel. So how did we initially build that awareness? We had to figure out what messages resonated, what language was working with our target audience, whether that was more of a fear-based messaging or if it was greed. And different products or different features that we were promoting through AdWords actually behave differently. So it wasn't as easy as one size fits all. We do offer those five features that I laid out earlier and different features lend themselves differently to different messaging. Sure. So at the top of the funnel, you know, when you first started and even today, there's probably a couple different components of where you're generating traffic. Some is paid and some is organic, right? So on the paid side, you started doing a lot of Google ads and we're testing the copy and I'm sure testing the overall targeting and how they allow you to target and all that. So what was the biggest lesson that you learned, I guess, during the, you know, as far as the top of the funnel? Because I'm assuming you did something similar on organic too, whether it be, you know, whatever that content is. I guess, what was some of your biggest takeaways as it relates to top of the funnel from a testing perspective? Yeah, the real top of the funnel lesson that we learned is that you've actually got to listen to your audience and let them in some ways drive what you do. And we look at our product and I've spent a lot of time looking and studying the whole Clayton Christensen model of jobs to be done and looking at our product as 
these landlords are coming to avail and they're, they're looking for a solution and they're looking for something that will solve their pain. And so we've got to frame our offering in language and words that they will understand and that will resonate with them. So rather than us pushing messaging out there, we really have to be responsive and listen to what they're searching for. Gotcha. Okay, perfect. Anything else you want to talk about as far as testing at the top of the funnel, whether that be organic or otherwise? Yeah, other things that we've tested along the way, we're increasingly spending more time promoting our brand, promoting being a DIY landlord through social media. And what we found is that different social media platforms perform differently. So Instagram and Facebook have slightly different audiences. And we've got to tailor our messaging for each of those audiences. The other thing that we found that's also unique is that content behaves really well for us. That these DIY landlords, they are searching for different things like, what do I do if rent is late? Or how do I create a lease for San Francisco? And so we've also created a lot of educational content. And that works really well as well at the top of the funnel. What channels are you finding working best for you from the DIY landlord perspective? Because I could, I see there's a lot of options there. Obviously, LinkedIn might even be a good channel, obviously, because you have a lot of business-minded people. Some of them are going to be owning real estate. You've obviously got Facebook and Instagram. What channels are you doubling down on these days as far as social organic? Yeah. In terms of overall channel that we're doubling down on, I would say we're, we're spending more time creating good, relevant content. So sitting here on the 17th of March on St. Patrick's Day, we actually just published a piece of content over the weekend around the new coronavirus. And we sent that out to our audience of about 100,000 landlords yesterday morning. And our Google Analytics page was swamped with traffic all day yesterday. So it's really about creating all of that really good, relevant, high-quality content that landlords want. So you're doing a lot more of it on your blog, and then you're just disseminating it organically through social. Which of those social channels are you finding that you're getting the best response from or where you think you're getting your best ROI or engagement? Right now, I would have to point to Instagram, believe it or not. Instagram works really well. There's a lot of influencers in the DIY landlord space who we've started working with and building relationships with through Instagram. We've also, to your point, done a fair amount on LinkedIn. LinkedIn does have those business-minded people. And LinkedIn is a great platform for not only building an audience, but building a community of advocates for our brand. Love it. Perfect. Okay, great. So we talked about top of the funnel. Let's take it down the funnel a little bit. And where do we go from there? Yeah, where we go from there, after a landlord chooses to engage with our brand, they'll typically click on one of our ads or maybe our social content. And they'll typically land on a targeted landing page on our website. And those landing pages are the best practice is tailored to whatever content or ad or social post that the person clicked on. So we have dozens, maybe hundreds of custom landing pages built on our site today that are all built for specific audiences. And how this relates back to the always be testing framework is each of those landing pages, we've spent time rigorously testing what messaging, what copy, what design, what layout really works, and what will be effective in, again, speaking to the audience that we're driving to that page. 
So from a landing page perspective, you know, looking at, I guess, conversion rate optimization, what are some of the biggest components of that landing page that you find have a significant impact on conversion? Is it design? Is it color? Is it copy? Is it, I mean, if you had to put them in order of what your experience is in regards to improving conversion rate, what would it be? I think by far the number one is the copy. That each one, that that title at the top of the page has to speak to the audience. It has to really resonate with them. It has to, they have to immediately see that they landed on a page that will provide either content or information or value that they're looking for. If it doesn't, they'll bounce. And then it's all about determining where the visitor is in the buying cycle. Are they still in that awareness phase? Or are they searching and comparing different solutions? And so depending on where that visitor is in the buying cycle, it's really important to tailor the content of that page to the visitor. And then after tailoring the copy above the fold, tailoring the content, then you start getting into more of the nuances around design and what works better for the audience. Is it illustrated graphics or is it photos of real people? Different audiences will perform differently. And then you get down to things that matter at the bottom of the page, which are your call to action and making sure that the CTA on that button, on the sign up button is, is appropriate for, for the visitors on that page. Okay, perfect. Awesome. So where do we go from there? Now there, let's assume that the copy and the design and everything works and they accept and they take the offer, whatever that offer may be, whether it be some sort of a freemium offer, whether it be an up content upgrade, whether it be a paid offer, whatever that is, let's assume that they take the call to action. Where do we go from there? Typically, what a user will do next is they will visit a pricing page. That's probably similar for every online SaaS product out there is users, before they commit to creating an account, before they commit to doing something, will want to evaluate pricing. For us, over the last, I would say, five years since launching the business, we've iterated, we've tested numerous different pricing models, everything from freemium for or I I should say free for everyone period to free for some people and we'll charge others. And so we've iterated our way to our existing pricing model. It's pricing is one of the most difficult things to get right. And I think from my experience, it's important to revisit pricing every maybe even six to 12 months to make sure that you've got something on the page that will work with the audience. Yeah. In our pre-interview, you mentioned that was a really important part of your growth and that you'd been doing a lot of testing, particularly recently in and around that. And you had found some huge success in Delta between one pricing model and another. Can you expand on that for me a little bit? Absolutely. So kind of practicing what we preach over here, we consistently test our our pricing model. I'll say lately we've been, been testing the lever for our free offering. And so we've in the past done our freemium model based largely on number of units on our, that a landlord is managing with us. And we've lately been shifting more to a freemium model that is based more on features and functionality 
similar to any of the other products like Slack, Dropbox, Evernote. And I would say the last thing on that, since changing the pricing model, we've seen a significant increase in adoption from landlords. We found that the current model works better than what we had before, which performed a lot better than what we had even before that. So that really hopefully illustrates the power of testing is you can get exponential growth, exponential return on your marketing investment just by tweaking some small things like that. So you're able to increase the number of free users that are enrolling, which in turn, you know, is going to increase the number of subscribers that are convert as they use the product. That's exactly right, Dennis. And so it's all about how do we widen the top of the funnel. And then the fourth thing that we should talk about is actually in product and what's the experience in product. And once we've got that really wide top of the funnel, we've got more people wanting to engage with our product. It's all about how do we deliver value as quickly as possible? Again, these landlords, they're creating their account with us. They're choosing avail. They are probably comparing us against any other number of products that are out there. They're choosing avail. And so once they choose avail, it's really on us and on our user experience design team to make sure that these landlords are successful and that they can get the job done that they want to get done as quickly as possible. Gotcha. So at that point, they've already converted into a free user. Now the testing is what you kind of like the user experience in-app with the objective of converting them into a premium user and, and that journey, you know, as quickly as you can. So how does the testing work there? I mean, what have you discovered there that makes, has such an impact or will, has had a huge impact for you in regards to converting those freemium users into pay users? Because I think there's a ton of SaaS companies out there that haven't figured that out, right? Because that, that's the challenge with the freemium model is that you get so heavily weighted down with supporting free users that you just don't have enough premium users. So what's been your secret sauce in that component? Yeah, I think the, the secret sauce in app somewhat goes back to what I was mentioning with the product-led growth and the PLG uh, methodology that's promoted by OpenView. Product-led growth dictates that you really focus on delivering value before asking for value. And so what that means for us is it's really tempting to put a paywall up very early in the user journey and to ask them for a credit card as early as possible what we found has actually moved the needle for us is making that user successful, getting them value. And then only then are we asking for payment. Only then do we ask people to upgrade. So it's really all about just like, like you would normally see in an offline type of sale. It's all about how do we deliver value as people before we ask for anything in return. And we've just taken that, that online and had a lot of success with it. So you've built some automation into it. Once they've found a little bit of success in using the app or in moving through the process of whatever they signed up for, at that point, your system will trigger, potentially trigger a paywall or an offer of some sort to convert into a paid user. Yeah, that's right. We've got an amazing product team here that is designing and we've A-B tested that. So half of our New accounts will have one, one flow, half of the accounts will have another flow. And we, we've just consistently been testing what's the right time, what's the right message. One of the products or tools that we use for that, that I can plug a little bit 
get no benefit from this as app queues. There are SaaS products that's out there that makes it really easy to deliver contextual messages at precisely the right time. And they've got some additional testing built in there that allows you to test different messaging and stuff. Highly recommend app queues. Love it. Perfect. Well, listen, is there anything else you want to add about this whole ABT framework and this testing your way to success strategy that you guys have used before we wrap it up for today? Yeah. The last thing I would just mention is I think it's important to have both a mix of quantitative results along with your own qualitative just gut feel. I think that in the era of data, and trust me, I I love data as much as anyone else, you also have to layer on that human component. So just keep that in mind while testing is that both quantitative, qualitative are equally important. Love it. Listen, two rapid fire questions before we wrap it up. Number one, you may have already answered this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What's your favorite growth tool or software? Something that you've used that you guys use in your business daily, weekly, monthly that's helped you uh, see significant growth? Yeah. One that I haven't touched on yet is Mixpanel. We use Mixpanel religiously to track and measure how users are performing, allows you to set up different test groups, different funnels. We rely very heavily on Mixpanel. Okay, great. And what would be one book that you would recommend to the audience, maybe something that you've read or has helped you along on your journey? I would say the, the one book that very top of mind for me right now is Measure What Matters. It's by the venture capitalist John Doerr. I read it about three months ago. It's all about a goal-setting framework. It's about the OKR framework that has been used by everyone from Google to U2 and Bono to the Gates Foundation. OKRs, we're in the process of implementing that framework right now. Very top of mind. Highly recommend that book for everyone. Love it, Ryan. Well, listen, let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about Avail, and then we'll wrap it up for today. Yeah. In order to um, check out some free content that we offer on our site, would recommend users go over to avail.co slash book, and they can download a free ebook on being a better landlord on the tenant screening process. Users can also find us on all the social channels. We're at Hello Avail. Awesome. Well, listen, Ryan, congrats on all your guys' success. You know, I, I, maybe we'll check back in here later this year as things kind of settle down with the with everything in the world economy going on right now. But I wish you the best. Hope everything goes well. And I'm sure we'll chat again soon. Great. Thanks again for having me. Really appreciate it. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.